Welcome to the Phase World Podcast. Engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. I just knew that that was the biggest accomplishment that I had made. To me, they're an A student because a student that never tries haven't learned anything. They may be really good, but they haven't pushed themselves any further than what they're already capable of. As these students graduate, because they've seen something from the beginning, they were able to see the results. Had they taken shortcuts, I'm not sure if they would have reached where they've reached. If you master something, then you gotta teach it. And it's not because they can't figure things out themselves, but by teaching it, it allows you to reinforce what you've learned. And then the next person could teach the next person. Thanks for listening to the Phase World Podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. First, I want to take a moment and appreciate all of you listeners for sharing your feedback via emails, text messages, and the new Send Voicemail recording app on phaseworld.com. Hearing your voices make me so happy, so thank you very much. Welcome to a special episode of the Face World podcast in which I am accompanied by five guests like never before. They are Sue Brooks, a teacher from the Design and Visual Communications program at Newton North High School here in Newton, Massachusetts, and her four students who have been with her for years. They are Marissa, Bradley, Sophie, and Max. They have all just recently graduated from Newton North and will be joining as freshmen at various universities in and outside of Boston. So why did I invite them to Phase World? The title does not lie. Design, suburb, inner city, Justin Bieber, all of which happened to these four students and also those who are not on the show with us. So it's quite a journey to expect from a high school design program, right? My relationship with Newton North High School Design and Visual Communications program goes way back. In fact, I have served as a mentor since 2011. When I invited a group of 20 students to the agency I was working for at the time called Sapien Nitro. That same year, I put together a summer internship program and invited two students from that program. It was very successful. Fast forward two years later, two students from the same program Karen Fan and Felege Gebru appeared on FaceWorld after winning a national design competition and shook hands with our President Obama at the White House. Karen Felege recalled the experience once in a lifetime and thanks to Miss Brooks, their teacher, for making it happen. After listening to this episode, I highly encourage you to check out the other one as well. And Karen is the current student at MIT, Felege at Brown, and Felege is actually working as a design intern at Pixar this summer. 
Sue Burks and I had an extended conversation a few months ago, and I remember mentioning to Sue that I wanted to find a way to help spread the word. Possibly packaging Sue's ideas, teaching, and help students at other schools experience a design education the same way at Newton North High School. She smiled, didn't say much. Turns out she led a group of students at Newton North High School to help out inner city kids. The program was so successful that Marissa, one of my guests on this episode, recalls the students will rush up to her every time and tell her how happy they were to see her. As for the Justin Bieber story, I will have to leave it up to Sophie, who experienced firsthand. Bieber saw Sophie among tens of thousands of fans. How did that happen? Well, thanks to a newly invented product at Sue Brooks Design Class. If you are a student, a parent, a relative, or a friend who believes in design but not sure how it will benefit people you know, you love, you care about, this is the episode for you. If you're lucky enough to live in Boston or Newton, I hope you get in touch with the school and learn more. And by the way, this podcast or this episode is not sponsored by Newton North High School. This is my personal opinion and observations over the past five years. As a professional in the marketing design advertising world, I can tell you confidently that there are many options open, visual designer, product designer, user experience designer, illustrators, storyboarders, you name it. If you're listening to this episode and have questions for either Sue or myself, please feel free to reach out by leaving a message on the blog or contact me at FaceWorld on Facebook, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D. Please welcome the Fantastic Five, Sue, Marissa, Bradley, Sophie, and Max, to the Face World Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining me in this lovely evening. It's probably 90 degrees outside in Boston, which will only go off for about two weeks. But I love this school, Newton North High School. I find my way here very easily. Just, I realize how often I, I come here. And so the attachment that I have with the school. I'll start with Miss Brooks, who I'm so happy to have here today. It took a while to schedule this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I want to start it off uh, having you guys introduce yourself briefly, your first and last name, and the grade you're, you're going into as of September. You're going to college. Feel free to mention that. <laughs> and just one or two things that you learned during the design and visual communications course that are relevant to you. Wow, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> my name is Bradley Trapagne. I'm going to be a freshman at Mass Art next year, or like in the coming few months. And I will be hopefully studying industrial design. I guess like that's like one thing I guess I could say I learned from design because it's so many things. But um, besides like industrial design, I guess, just the whole concept of like failing and realizing that it's good to fail. And it's good to learn from your mistakes is a huge thing I learned from design. Just in that I apply to every day, and that's like the main thing that always comes to mind, I think. Awesome. Uh, my name is Max Hernandez. I'm going to Mass Bay for my freshman year next year, and I'm going to be studying engineering. I learned in this class definitely a lot of 
don't know what I learned in this class. <laughs> you don't really notice you're learning in this class. You just kind of do something, and then all of a sudden you realize you have something. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. Somebody's got to top that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sophie Tavalleri. I'm going to be a freshman at Merrimack College. In this class, Ms. Brooks always taught us to hold your ideas loosely. And that is a great tip with all the projects and everything. You can't just stay stuck to one idea. You just got to keep it loose and expand your brain. I love that. <laughs> um, I'm Sue Brooks. I'm the instructor here at Newton North High School for Design and Visual Communications. And I would say the best part about my job is being able to see students come through from their freshman year and in their senior year to graduate as such a wonderful adults that love life and my class. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Marissa Ng. I'm going to be a freshman at Simmons. And I guess what I've learned in design, especially this year, is to just kind of always be open-minded I think especially with the field trips that we did this year, I've definitely like noticed myself kind of taking in like inspirations from everything and looking at like textures and colors. But I've also really learned how to challenge myself. And I think that also comes from being your TA for a few of our classes and seeing like the kids who really challenge themselves are always the ones who are very creative and open-minded and succeed the most. This may be the most emotional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to my surprise, because I feel like I've talked to my guests about a lot of stories, and it's really amazing. I, every time I'm here, I just find that like I could forget about everything else for a brief moment, whether I'm here listening to students or if I'm here teaching a class with my mom. And it's always so uplifting. And uh, Miss Brooks always, I think you you guys all described in the perfect way that I grew up I grew up in Beijing and all the teachers are always front and centered and they're always doing the talking and we are left with very little time for thinking. But Ms. Brooks kind of always kind of fade naturally kind of fade into the background, but the students are having a discussion. So I'm really, really pleased to hear that. I have a few really selfish questions as well to get into because I feel like in the years I've known Ms. Brooks, uh, dated back in 2011, as much as I try to stay involved, there's so many stories. Every time I come here, I feel like, wow, I feel like I missed out on a number of things. One of which is uh, happened at uh, Orchard Garden School last year, uh, where there was a project called Cease to STEM and Design. And I would like to learn just a little bit more about that first. And I think that really translates to not only what, you know, Miss Brooks taught you guys, but you guys were able to extend that love and education to communities beyond Newton itself. So tell me a little bit more about that, Marissa. <laughs> well, I think that me and my partner had a really interesting experience in that, especially since like a lot of the students that we ended up with ended up speaking Spanish and Spanish was, wasn't something that I had learned in the school year or in like ever even the middle school. So it was a good opportunity for my partner to kind of connect to them in that way by speaking Spanish and practicing in Spanish. But then it was kind of a, a challenge for me to connect to them artistically. And even I think we had that one girl who I think seemed to struggle to really connect to the whole project. 
But I think once we kind of found out that sitting down and drawing was kind of more her thing, that really helped our whole team dynamic. And Marissa really spent a lot of time with her, just drawing with her. And that was the individual attention that she needed. And that was area of her interest instead of working with the electronic components. Wow. Is it possible to maybe give some context and, and some background to how this project started and what it was about? Sure. After, well, actually it all, my interest in working in with the inner city students started during when we were working on the invent team. It was just a crazy year. We had worked day and night on the project. And I think it was around in May when I was exhausted and we were trying to get ready for a presentation at MIT. I just sat back and thought to myself, gee, wow, if I could do this and help the students to get this far with this project, working with Lemus and MIT, I would really love to go into inner city. And that's when I realized the potential for this project. And then we ended up going to um, STEM conference in September. And I asked two of the juniors, well, they were juniors when we were working on the invent team. And they were seniors at the time, the year after. And I asked them, would you guys be interested in going into inner city to teach them how to build a pedestrian alert system. And they said, yes. And then we were able to get some grants from different companies. And that's when I started recruiting students to join in on this endeavor, and which is building the curriculum, using the curriculum that we had already built for the Ethiopian school that the invent team was working with. And then from there, building another set of curriculum to work with Orchard Gardens. And the students came every day after school for almost a year. And then year after that to practice. And then we went in wow. to Orchard Gardens and working with citizen schools. Yeah, citizen school is quite known for yes, the yeah. after school program. Yeah. The apprenticeships, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is what we were. Yeah. Apprenticeship, right? Yeah. 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 We got but the thing that I year. I distinctly yeah. remember about the whole experience is after when we went in that on that first day, or the second time, the second week that we went in, we went in there a total of like 13 to 14 weeks. And that second after that second week and working with the students and meeting with the students, and I saw the excitement that my students felt at the students at Orchard Gardens. And the next day I just woke up and I felt, or I just knew that that was the biggest accomplishment that I had made, more than having my students present the possession of our system to President Obama. Yeah, which we recorded in a different podcast. Yes, yeah. So I'll stop for now.
great. I'm finally hearing details, and I didn't realize what a what a you know endeavor that was. You know, there are many programs where people go in to teach one day, and there you are. You know, this is like a year worth of effort. Not to mention the preparation, all that involved. I'm interested in hearing from the students in terms of knowing that the project. Some of you were involved, but some of you were. You know, basically aware of the project, knowing that one of your teachers is involved and your classmates were involved, how did it hit you? How did it impact you? What were going through your minds? Oh, so um, <laughs> I had a study in a free block. So what I did was I would help out with organizing things, and if something wasn't working, getting it working during the school day, so that they could take it functional back to the kids. Mm. And it was just amazing to see that the kids didn't really need all that much help. Like it was, it was already coming back, already functional. Wow. And like, so like I was just fine tuning and tidying up things and I didn't really have to help them that much. They knew what to do. What was the product you were, was it a product? What, what oh, was it? Exactly? It was the pedestrian alert system. Oh, okay. So it's the same yeah. system and you were from your, with your engineering yeah. background. Yeah, so. it was just, it was, they were perfect. So. Wow. So you're surprised yeah. to know about that. Yeah, I think I had a little bit of a different experience with that. Well, I mean, okay, I was at Orchard Gardens the entire time, but um, <laughs> I remember investing a lot of time during class and in my free blocks just fixing <laughs> issues with the uh, systems that, like, honestly, it wasn't their fault, but was more of just, like, the software and how it was being coded into the machines and just having everything just fine-tuned so, like, oh, this laser doesn't work, but this one somehow does. Just things like that. I remember we just invested so much of our time during school in our own free time just to get us moving along, even though it's like it was time that we didn't have at the school because we only had like an hour with them. But it was still, you know, it was all it's not like we did any work for them. It was more of the work that they accomplished, but wasn't their fault that wasn't working. But you guys were all juniors at the time, which yeah. was probably the busiest time. Yeah. You could simply focus on college applications and absolutely nothing else. Right. But you were, this wasn't a summer internship. This wasn't a, a weekend warrior event. But instead, you dedicated a lot of time. A lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Why? Did you ever doubt yourself to say, wait a minute, is this the right way to spend my time? Why am I so into it? Or should I be focusing on this? Well, the time part kind of contributed to, I wasn't part of this project, but I wish I was. I saw pictures and I saw like on our website, there's a group picture of the design kids with all the orchard kids. And it it's just crazy to see how like we're bringing our skill and teaching people. I didn't know they didn't speak English. That was so cool. Yeah. And more so like I had sports, I had other like, time I didn't really have time in my schedule to do it but if I did that I think that would have been a life-changing experience wow. for me it was I think very worth the time especially since when we would go on Tuesday you know the first thing that you kind of do is is, is well during like the changeover of classes we'd kind of be sitting in the hall and then you could see them walk by and they'd be like hi Bradley like hi Marissa and they were so excited for us to come and I think that really made it worth it Wow, their excitement. Yeah. I think one of the things that really connected the students, my students with Orchard Garden students is not just going there and working with them, but they they had an opportunity to write. We had a journal. Mm -hmm. So 
my students were shared with them in the journal. And then we would take it back and then they would share something with my students in their journal. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes some things would be written in Spanish. <laughs> so that really gave the students an opportunity, Laurent yes. especially, he would pretty much, along with a few other students, interpret all of their writings. And then if you go on the blog, you'll see what they wrote in Spanish and English interpretation. And we spent we would spend time doing that after school to about five o'clock, wow. just going through all their journals and then making sure every student has something written back and responding to whatever they were writing. There's one thing I've always been impressed by whenever I was involved in the visual and communications projects is the incredible organizational skills led by Ms. Brooks. I remember seeing uh, binders, not even just folders of things, uh, neatly organized. Everybody had a role, whether you're the technical person, you're the project manager, you're the copywriter. Everybody had a role. It was very clear to the students, which I found very astonishing because I have been working in marketing, advertising, big agencies for the past 10 years. And there's no guarantee that adults know exactly what is happening at any given time. But yet I, you know, I come here, the students are having almost like a freestyle workshop and everybody knew what to do. So that kind of leads to another project, which I witnessed very recently, and which is the t-shirt design project. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there like a better official name for that? Well, we sort of called it like... I mean, it was initially called like the illuminated shirt. Yeah. And then it was like the light. Uh, we basically simplified it to like the light up shirt, the LED shirt. Well, then again, there are kind of like two concepts, but there's like that one main one that has like the big screen on it. But yeah, the light up shirt, I think is, is like our final name for it. Yeah, the light up shirt. Yeah, we're just the t-shirt team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> t-shirt yeah, team. Yeah. And the even though it's not even a t-shirt anymore, it's long sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> and the t-shirt team sang me a song, which I'm going to include. Um, definitely grab the URL from YouTube and put it on with this blog post. But uh, I heard this amazing story <laughs> from Sophie. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> literally the best day of my life. <laughs> so... This whole year, there's been the t-shirt team and the hoodie team, and we've been working on, like, getting words to, like, screen across the shirt with our, like, coding and everything. We just made this huge project. So I knew I was going to the Justin Bieber concert, and he's, like, my all-time favorite. And I was row eight, so I was fairly close to him. And I thought, how do I get him to notice me? So I'm like, I'm going to wear the shirt. <laughs> so what ended up happening was I... We got one, sh like, we made one shirt that didn't have anything wrong with it. It was just perfect. And so Bradley helped me the day, maybe, like, two days before the concert, like, really finalize it, code it, <laughs> say, like, hashtag purpose to our Boston, hi, Justin, like, ten different <laughs> phrases, like, Illy, Justin Bieber. <laughs> and it was so cool. So I went to the concert the day before I wore it just to see what security was like. I was going to the concert anyway, and I didn't know if I could get in because there's, like, metal and, like, a battery pack on my chest and, like, all this stuff. So I get to that concert, and it just said, raise all metal things above your head and walk through the little security booth. So I was like, okay, I'll be all set for tomorrow. So I made sure I got this shirt on the Wednesday 
for the second day of the concert. So you guys had a field trip yeah. at the Museum of Fine Arts, mm-hmm. and I didn't go to school because I was at in Boston outside his hotel, like, waiting for him. And then Bradley yeah. came back to school, helped finish code it, helped me refine it, and then my sister came by, got the shirt, I wore it to the concert, got in through security perfectly fine. So now I'm in the concert, eighth row, and I turn it on, and all these girls around me are like, that's the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I made it, like, in my design class. And they're like, what? I want one. I, th- I, w- I thought you bought it like that. All these different comments. And then a security guard was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, can you tell that to Justin? <laughs> 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 and then I'm, the concert finally starts. And my shirt, the whole place is black because it's like, get ready for Justin Bieber. My shirt is screening. My friend Chelsea is in the balcony. And she texts me and she goes, the girls behind me are talking about your shirt. So everyone in the way top of the arena saw it. And I'll never forget. He's thinking, get used to it. And he's like motioning to the crowd to like wave their hands and he looks I swear he (laughs) looks at me and he just drops his jaw and I'm like you're looking at my shirt I know you are like I'm no lie he definitely saw it and then so this shirt like my friend I want my friend Chloe she took a video and she tweeted it and then with that video that she tweeted this huge account it's called Justin Bieber Babe (laughs) they tweeted when you think your purpose merchandise is 100, but then you turn around and witness this, and it's a video of me wearing my shirt, and then the next day, they tweeted again, like, no lie, this is still the best merchandise I've seen, like, homemade merchandise I've seen all tour. And this account had, like, 700,000 followers. Like, this was huge. Wow. And then that night, I ended up meeting Justin, but the shirt didn't turn on. Oh, I was, but on. I was obviously, like, wearing it, like, long sleeve, like, mm-hmm. board against, like, across my shirt. But so many people, like, outside of the concert were like, oh, that's the girl that was wearing it. And so many people saw it. And then a day later, <laughs> a day later, I went back on Twitter, and I saw, I looked for different views, and I see, like, a red bar from different angles and obviously he saw my shirt it was was literally like stage i think yeah we have to tweet this podcast yeah it's easier if you see the pictures that i'm like referring to he may be looking for a technical in you know intern at some point so maybe you need to travel man it was the best you'll never forget that never story a product you design on your own yeah all the attention but also like me broadcasting like hi and like i knew that i lit up the whole place like so many people saw it it was just so awesome now we have to top this so <laughs> what was the were you both on the t-shirt team as well yeah, yeah. we were all three oh, of, oh, all of us were all of you were yeah, on yeah, that's, okay. yeah. so it was you know, what I was thinking was, like, hearing the story is feels like this whole thing must have happened outside of school, but it's actually tightly related to what you did, you know, in the school system itself. So I want to talk about learning for a second and kind of get your take on this as well, is how is learning within design and visual communication differ from you know other types of learning outside of this room at Newton North, or perhaps beyond your high school experience altogether you know what was it like 
you know, your memories of elementary school, middle school, till high school, and you get to do this. It's like, I have, I definitely have, and there's, there's just so much about it that's different, but I think, like, one giant thing that definitely makes it different than, like, regular just core classes at North is the fact that it's really learning by experience and learning by doing, not by hearing or listening or just sitting down and just watching something happen. There's very little of that. If there is, it's because somebody's giving a presentation about something that they worked on and you're taking notes. You're always involved. It's never just sitting there and just mindlessly just looking at a screen. You're always taking notes. We're always engaged with what's going on. And I think also is, I think something also that makes it different is that we really learn to appreciate the process of just getting things done and getting just the work we actually do. Even if it's like, if you're not good at sketching and you have like bad handwriting or something, when you're working on thumbnail sketches, it's just like, it always turns into something that you want it to be. And the pro it's like learning to appreciate your work really makes the difference, I think. And that's what we I learned a lot about compared to what I learned elsewhere in, in North. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was definitely interesting because Miss Brooks isn't really an engineering teacher and a lot of the project was engineering. So like you couldn't go to her for help for that much. Like you're basically teaching yourself and you had to learn it yourself because you, she didn't know all that much about it. And I think that that's like a much better way of learning because mm -hmm. I wasn't following along. I was figuring it out for myself and then I could apply it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the takeaway was much larger than if I was just learning something. Mm -hmm. A huge difference that I see also is that you're allowed to fail <laughs> in this class failing is actually how you learn you like learn from your mistakes you improve what you're doing you can do whatever you need to to get to what you your final product what you want to be but in other classes if you fail then you start like being like oh i need to do better in this class oh i'm gonna be have a bad grade like it just reflects poorly but failing in this class means you're actually going to do better mm. Yeah, there's no redoing it if I get an F on my English paper. Yeah. Like I can't, like, retake it. It's like it's there, and that's, like, my final thing. That leads me to think, Ms. Brooks, how, how do you grade your students at a high level, obviously? Some of that, much of that depends on the individual, but how do you go about grading your students? Well, I think the whole concept of design is you have a clear design process. And I have the students go through that design process, which is pretty rigorous. And in many ways, there has to be some level of trust by the students. So by the time they're major three, They've had me since pretty much their freshman year. So when they come as a, as a freshman, the whole idea of sketching does not appeal to them at all. But they get to see the results of their labor. And then as they move forward, they have to trust my method of teaching even more, the design process, which is you start from the beginning, which is the marketing and understanding what the audience wants and all of that. And then they just have to trust that if I tell you you need to do this, then this is what you need to do. And because 
I think a lot of it is the students willing to trust the design process and the follow through. And my expectation is just try it. You have nothing to lose. If you have to sketch, then this is how you go about sketching. And then let's see what you have. And if it looks horrible, then we try again. Mm -hmm. What usually happens is those students who follow through is the people that fail and then follow through and keep going. To me, they're an A student because by failing or a student that never tries or doesn't want to try, haven't learned anything. Mm -hmm. They may be really good, but they haven't pushed themselves any further than what they're already capable of. I think because I, you know, compared to you guys, I'm almost twice your age. And I can absolutely echo that feedback. Yeah. Because when I was 17, 18, I thought, man, by the time I'm 30, I need to check all these boxes and something better happened for me by then, right? And I think, you know, Ms. Brooks, you taught me a lot of things just by inviting me to be part of the process. Yeah. You know, this even before I met you, before I started creating the podcast. And there's a lot of sleepless nights. There are a lot of having a full-time job, trying to work on this until three in the morning, two in the morning. You're standing there thinking, well, this this may or may not work. I mean, what is the purpose of this? But then each and every time I think of you, your teaching, I actually bring myself to back to the table. And so many different experiences have happened to me. And as a result, mm. most recently at the beginning of the year, I was able to quit my job and, and do this full time and, and pick up new clients. Now, that didn't happen when I was 18 and a half. <laughs> you know, I turned 33. So I have to say that you you have to believe in the process and it's such a powerful statement and definitely not to be understated or overlooked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you guys have a very long way uh, ahead of you and this is something that you should always look back upon yeah. uh, when you're in college. Because what I realized college, very different than high school, is all of a sudden the a lot of the structure disappeared. And there are very few teachers like Ms. Brooks Classes are all over the place. Schedules are all over the place. There are a lot of gaps you have to fill in. Do I go play the pep band? Do I join this business club? Whatever it may be. But you don't know which permutation is going to work perfectly until you try it. So that would be my advice. As these students graduate, because they've seen something from the beginning and really following through it, through the process and not taking shortcuts, they were able to see the results. Had they taken shortcuts, I'm not sure if they would have reached where they've reached. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe Absolutely. you would feel... Well, that I'm, I was like, so a month before school ended, I kind of just remember just like sitting down, just staring off into the distance like I usually do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just thinking like, wow, we actually did it. Like we actually made a shirt that lights up and can say anything we wanted to. And I remember, I remember, like, I remember thinking of that concept as a team, like before, like at the very end of junior year, and I didn't really expect us to like really make a product like that. Like, of course, like it's such a cool concept, but it was just crazy to think that through all of our hard work and just we never said, 
oh, let's just get this over with. Well, we did say that actually, or let's just <laughs> let's skip this step, or let's just let's rather, let's be faster than actually have a better quality work. Then it's just it turned out amazing. It turned out so much better than I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting actually. <laughs> well, I think with the shirt, we did try to take some shortcuts here and there, but in the end, it really didn't work. And then we had to keep on going back to prototype and refining it and refining it. Would you say that's true? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I do let them go ahead and take shortcuts because mm -hmm. I just personally, I just want to know, okay, is that going to work? But then if it does, in most cases, it doesn't work. So. You know, I'm able to say, okay, so we got to go, we got to go back a little and go back to where we were. Have you guys been able to leverage the skills or ways of thinking and learning within design and communication to other areas of your life? Yes, 100%. <laughs> well, I think, well, the most common thing I usually, like, I've been asked this before. And like, what I always say is that I remember I was in English class one time. We were having a Socratic seminar. And we have, so like, we have people like the, who, there's a circle in the middle and we have people on the outside, like taking notes and like they each have a card that has like a certain question or like thing on it that they have to do the entire time while the like, seminar is going on in the center. And one of the things someone had was like, how many times some like people who ask the most questions or like people, like how many times people ask questions. And I remember like going back and seeing that sheet and like, here's everybody's name and here's my name. It has like a million tally marks next to it. And what I realized is that earlier, like, a half a year before that moment, we were learning the like the process of quest like what was it? Just like the whole importance of asking questions and looking at the advantages and disadvantages of, of a question and where that question can lead you to a better solution, not necessarily an answer, but just a just a direction. And I realized that like I've been using that mindset but this whole time by accident. And I learned that in design and I realized, wow, I'm asking so many questions all of a sudden. Not necessarily, like, bringing the skills that I've learned from, like, design to necessarily, like, other classes, but I came back maybe one of, like, the last weeks of school, and the juniors um, were sitting over by, like, the white paper, and they were doing, I think, questions for their invention, and I found myself kind of still, like, thinking at that, like, higher level of, like, how do we kind of push these, like, questions further, and how can we ask, like, questions so that we get better research and I thought that was kind of actually really cool was that yeah it was just yeah instinctual mm. like you said and I was yeah. really impressed because <laughs> you were contributing quite a bit yeah and really helping them to push along with their own concept for their project mm -hmm. yeah definitely interesting to see someone else have a shot at it rather than like just knowing that you did before but then seeing another group do it was really interesting especially yeah yeah that's wonderful so we have I think for before we close the podcast in the next 10 to 15 minutes, uh, I want to do a little forward looking and searching in, in terms of uh, something I've stumbled upon uh, within, you know, in my generation is I look at my parents and think about they've majored something, learned something in college. And for that generation, they're almost guaranteed a job they could do for the rest of their lives, you know, till they're 60, 65. Think about that for a moment. But now this opportunity has shifted itself that you're you're now required to almost invent your own career almost reinvent yourself in a way that's it's difficult and challenging that 
students who have not experienced this type of classroom setting or through, you know, uh, Miss Brooks' teaching style, who's so used to being taught or being told what to do, now have to invent their path beyond that point. So that's a long way of saying, have you guys thought about creating, you know, creating your future? And if so, career-wise or lifestyle-wise, what does that mean to you? What does it look like? So, so when I think about my future, I think of success and like happiness at the same time. Whatever I'm doing, I want to make sure I enjoy what I'm doing and having a good time. I don't want to be stuck at a career path that I don't want or have no interest in because then I have no motivation. Mm -hmm. But I'm not entirely sure I'm what I'm gonna do as my job, Mm -hmm. but. I just want to make sure I enjoy it to the fullest. I might do something like minor. I might do communications major, minor in marketing or something because of this class. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Because I love the whole like design, visual look, advertisement part. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, um, during this year, I definitely have been, I think I've learned a lot more than I have inside of school then I've learned more outside of school than I have inside of school like just taking it upon myself to learn stuff and just googling stuff mm-hmm. and I've definitely and I can see myself just pursuing different things like with tech and inventing stuff and just kind of paving my own path mm. love that so I'm gonna study industrial hopefully study I guess I should say industrial design at mass art because I'm totally open to like my career path, but what I think I really want to do right right now is just like honestly just invent stuff and create and innovate things. And I think that in I feel like I can grasp the general basics of the business aspects of inventing and innovation, but I really want to study like the artistic aspects of um inventing and innovation that I feel like I don't really have that much skill in. That's why I want to study it, of course. But um that's just what I want to do. I don't. I can't think of anything else that could be better than just creating new things that'll make the world a better place and that just solving problems. Yeah. Yeah, some of that could be just observing what's around you, you know, what isn't working, what what works really well. Yeah, I've kind of, ever since we thought, like, I remember, like, at the end of the junior year, we were doing our, like, seminars, like, after school on Mondays, how we were supposed to start, like, just in our daily lives, thinking about stuff that that didn't really work as well as we wish it would, or just, just random problems we would have during the day. It's like I started just sort of randomly every so every so often just think of those things and how how it could be improved or things that have already been invented that I wish or think would be really cool to have a better design that haven't been reinvented in years. Like I think all of you would make a great future. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting whenever I remember when I was going through school, when you experience a really good teacher and all of a sudden half the classroom want to be teachers. Yeah. At the end of that semester. That's so true. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You realize the impact you could have on other people. Yeah. Right. But also I think one of the skills that I really try to to not enforce but pass along, which is if you master something, 
then you got to teach it. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they can't figure things out themselves, but by teaching it, it allows you to reinforce what you've learned. Mm -hmm. And then the next person could teach the next person. Yeah. Sort of like the handoff we did for yes. the invention. Yeah. 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 We spent like two, how long did we just spend? Like a month. A month and a half. A month yeah. And a half. yeah, a month yeah. and a half, I think. We just spent like compiling instructions and just like descriptions of all the materials we used to the invention, instructions for every single detail of how to construct it. And just making sure that what even if they so like if another class wants to continue our project, they wouldn't have any questions or they would know everything they need to know mm -hmm. before they start expanding on the project itself. Mm -hmm. So oh, everything right. that we accomplished, we, they would be able to learn about just within what we wrote like for the handoff. In the real world, it's called the transition plan or like a handoff plan, plan. Yeah, yeah, which is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised that many people don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not sure if it's on purpose or, you know, when people leave a position they've held for a long time yeah. and without any paper trail information, right. it really paralyzes, it paralyzes yeah. the company. Mm -hmm. Well, what I tell them is if you want your project to have legs, you have to do the handoff mm -hmm. or else it won't have any legs. Mm -hmm. So if we want to do the orchard garden thing again, by using the information that you guys are passing along mm -hmm. to whoever ends up going to Orchard Gardens, they will have a place to start. Mm -hmm. And then they will expound on that and yeah. make the make whatever you leave behind is, is going to grow that's, even further. That's beautiful. It's a help. Mick Ebling, uh, who's also an innovator and venture, I interviewed on my podcast, said, help one, help many. Yes. So yeah. That's what teachers do. Yeah. And it's really yeah. powerful. The other thing that I really need to mention is we had an engineer that came in. His name is David Reyes. Mm -hmm. And he came in every other week or once a month, whenever we needed him. And what the contribution that he made was, maybe one of you want to talk about it. It's, it was so much more than just giving us advice on our project. It's like things that the, the prototype process applied to so many other things than just that. And I, there's so many things I can think of off the top of my head that just, I can't, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's so much we learned from him that. I met him as well. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Times. yeah. Well, he talked about patenting because he has, how many patents? Like a lot. A lot of patents. <laughs> That's a good number. So he yeah. talked extensively <laughs> us about that. And then how to, um, he was the one who really challenged the students to take it to a Patriots game, take it to Celtics game. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the inspirations that came out of that, where Sophie was able to actually go to the stadium with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Where What's the name of the stadium? TA Garden. TA Garden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he gave the students a lot of things to think about, mm -hmm. which I thought was great. Yeah. Stuff that, and that's the part of that I love about my job and working at Newton North, that the school is really open to having me bring mm -hmm. other professionals in, like the way you did with the invent team mm -hmm. when you came and talked about the process. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, being a teacher in this field is really 
open to having people come in and providing them another outlet or mm -hmm. professionals to come in. Yeah, you also, you definitely step out of your comfort zone. This is your comfort zone, Ms. Brooks, but also you definitely did not do the bare minimum, right? There was no requirement for you to reach out to 25 yeah. people, yeah. professionals. In some cases, only two people will respond, but yeah. you're that facilitator to make yeah. a lot of these things happen. Yeah. Well, I think it makes the learning that much more richer. Yeah. Right? It was nice having David come in. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone's favorite lesson was crossing the, the chasm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That was a really good lesson. And then I think even that, we ordered the book off of Amazon. And then there was a few people who definitely, I think, took the time to like read the entire book after that, which was really cool. Wow. Something else. Is, this is just something I really want to mention about David. I think it describes it really well. It's like almost every time we discussed our project and just like ex like ex what was it like presenting it to him and everything. Yeah, we always had like a conversation about it afterwards. It always ended with somebody being like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's such a good idea." Yeah, or just like that was like a really good session, a like brainstorming session, an accidental brainstorming session. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I was really impressed by when I saw David and along with the other gentlemen. Uh, we're here just uh, not so long ago that the students already presented their ideas, but they, everybody, all the students were so open, you know, and I thought about the traditional education is about for you kind of to build, to shield up yourself. And we just want to execute. We don't want any more ideas, but yet the students are all so open-minded that everybody's equipped with this growth mindset. And that doesn't come in a day. And so we, as professionals, are able to offer our feedback, and the students are saying, "Well, that's great." Hold it loosely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hold, it loosely. Hold it loosely. Hold it loosely. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite saying today. It's uh, it's incredible. So, it, this was really, really helpful, and um, so glad you guys can join. Do the students have any questions, either for Ms. Brooks or for myself? I'll be more than happy to answer. I can take this part offline if you choose to, but I feel like if there's anything you guys would like to explore today, or uh, I will, I actually think it will try to friend you guys on either Instagram or Facebook or something. <laughs> Maybe Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. At <laughs> yeah. Just so when I publish the, the podcast, I want you guys to be able to see it. You can share it mm -hmm. and all of that. But Faye, I really want to thank you for coming. You've always been an inspiration to me. And I still remember that first conversation that we had over the phone yeah. when we talked about inspiring students. And I don't know if I should say this, but especially, you know, Asian students, mm -hmm. because a lot of them are really pushed to go into medical fields or engineering, mm -hmm. something that pays a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> we had that conversation and how important design Mm -hmm. And art was to our society in right. general and the importance of nurturing that mm -hmm. and um, trying to change perspective, especially to Asian community. Uh, I absolutely you know? agree. We have <laughs> that. And there's yeah. so much pressure. Some, so much of that is unnecessary. And there's so many, uh, not just, you know, Asian women who are really, in my opinion, like blossoming in, in the U.S., 
you know, more than more than just Michelle Fan. And then there's just so many names out there. Um, the head of uh, Facebook uh, Visual Design, the VP, who's mm-hmm. Chinese, and uh, it's she's incredible. She's speaking yeah. at all the keynote events with confidence, yeah. and it means so much. And so I'm just really thrilled to to be connected. And I hopefully when you guys go into college. You remember this conversation. Most importantly, uh, Ms. Brooks' teaching. It's always a safe place where, you know, whenever you face any sort of, you know, struggles, difficulties, and, you know, the design process. Yeah. <laughs> Fail at least seven times a day. And also, I really want to thank you guys for being here. Just having you guys here makes me smile. It really does. And it just means that you guys want to be here. You wanted to do this. Thank you. Yeah. We still Thank ask you. questions? Sure, of course. <laughs> well, I'm just curious. Where did you go to school? Like college and stuff? Or did you go to college? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I taught myself everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually came to this, con- you know, I grew up in Beijing. And I came here, um, I went to Freiburg Academy in Maine. And then I was there for one year. And I went to Northeastern to study computer science and math. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So my first job was in programming, but... I realized that there are ways to improve project management literally within the first year. Uh, I noticed that all the entire team was struggling and I was 22 years old. It's like, why are we struggling? There's so many things that we could uh, avoid. So I very quickly started pursuing uh, project management. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you share with them the transition that you made as Sapien? From you went in there as a programmer. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was. Uh, when I was in school, I was studying Java. Apparently, there are people still studying Java. They're shifting a little bit to C sharp and all these so different languages. Did, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Java is more enterprise level programming. So, I when I applied to Sapien, I was like my like top choice. I was the valedictorian from Northeastern went there and it's like this cocky guy telling me about I was like, oh, it's not because of you. I just like what the company had to offer. So I I was I remember when at the interviews, everybody's from MIT, Harvard. It was scary as hell. But so I got in, I was a programmer and I was traveling a lot. Um, but the transition, I just mentioned a few things that it was definitely not supported by anybody. That was a big thing. It's an, oh, you've only been doing this for a year. You don't know what you want. I'm saying things like, I'm I'm 22. I don't know what I want. <laughs> Do you know what you want? And and um, so I start pursuing that transition. So what you how the way you do that is you start to find people you can trust and your advocate. You know, people who believe in your story because you believe in it and and try all different things. I when I switched over, I didn't actually switch right over to PM. I went into business uh, analysts to understand the system and write requirements and all that. And after that, I was like, wow, this is, I don't want to do this for too much longer. So PM was actually my second stop, third. So that, the yeah, it was not supported. But when you believe in something, believe in the process, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things you have to learn outside of what the company has to offer, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's maybe taking a course, Googling things. These, these days are fantastic. You go to Udemy, you go to these like plural site. You can learn so much on your own. And it's about practicing, making friends, taking PMs out, other project managers out to lunch and say, what is that you do? Have lunch with another person and say, oh, wow, your team is different. Your projects are different. 
and all of a sudden you know more than a PM does. And it's mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, that's what I do in this classroom, which is project management. Yeah. Because I did that for four years, but we never called it PM. And, <laughs> and I mean, no, no, that's why the terminology We're production. was new to there me. There are a lot of late yeah, names for Yeah, that. because that's what it is. It's just project management, being able to understand the process of managing mm-hmm. the students. And your students are great at it, too. And yeah, yeah. I you saw... do this, you do that. Mm-hmm. Let's do this, you do this next. Yeah. How to assess time. I mean, yeah. I can even do a yeah. second course on that. There's yeah. a So, for instance, when you ask someone, like, these are the tasks, when I ask you, you know, like, how, how long will it take? I mean, hours-wise. People start to panic. Mm-hmm. But that methodology actually was out there for a very long time. It's called mm-hmm. Agile. So... Then they try to improve it, but I say, what is your uh, aggressive or probable, highly probable? So ABP versus HP. So two to four hours. People are like, I can say that. It's not great, but I can at least say that, you know, between one to two weeks or whatever that may be. And then now the new methodology, which is really interesting. I was really resistant. It's like, okay, I don't need more methodologies. The new thing is called Scrum. So it's a, it's you should read about it, and I can definitely send you guys some links. It's about using Fibonacci numbers, so the one, three, five, and, you know, add on to say how long would it, so this thing is a perfect example, images, text. You throw it out there, a group of us, we all have the Fibonacci numbers in our hands to say, throw out a point, like 33, 11, how, what do you think is the level of complexity here? So then you throw out 11, you throw out 33, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's a pretty big difference. People start to have that conversation, which was missing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is like, okay, then you agree. It's like, you know what? It is 11. And you write 11 on this, you know, to design 11 for the picture, whatever, 33 for the overall messaging. And you put it on the board. And then at the then you have these people working on it. And you may be out sick one day. You might, you know, have something going on. At the end of each week, you add up these points that you actually accomplished and that's what's called a velocity and a velocity it's really much more accurate than hours estimation and then week over week you're you pick up your velocity and you have something to look at it's Mm, mine was never that complicated Audience too, when you have you know 15-year-olds yeah. in the class, you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or 18-year-olds, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's really fun once you use it. It's, it's yeah. a lot to talk about. Um, but once you and I, they sign me up for a course. That's another thing company will offer you to do. And they use, they send you to these like two, three, five thousand dollar courses yeah. for free, right? Free to you, and then you come back. You can teach your team and practice and see what works. And you have to always modify it. It's never apples to apples. So. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, I guess nobody's going to be a PM. One career I'm going to pursue. But but you also did a lot of the administrative lead stuff, which is communicating with David Reyes and Mm -hmm. contacting him and setting up the meetings and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all part of project management. Mm -hmm. I also want to add that 
coming out of uh, big agencies more recently, you know, at Sapien, we're at Arnold, what people tell you is like, okay, you know, Sophie, you're a PM now. Uh, you need to deliver this. And you will say, okay, I'm not a designer. I need a designer. I need a copyright. I need these people. Mm-hmm. Okay, half of them are available, but the other mm-hmm. half are not. You need to hire them. You mm-hmm. need to write the job description. There's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. And now the world I'm living in, being the, the free-range consultant, is more like people say, I not even this. This has nothing on it. And they will say, I need to get this thing done. Well, I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> you need to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So... And all of a sudden, you you eliminate a lot of competition because you can come in and say, I don't know all the answers just yet, but I'm going to figure it out, which I think it's the most important lesson that you learned in this class is I don't know the answers, but I know the right questions to, to ask. Yeah. That reminds me something. Okay, th- this is like going way back to the beginning of this podcast, all right? Something yeah. I learned in this class that I definitely know that everybody else learned because I just remember just seeing like random examples of it is being able to like, just knowing to take risks mm-hmm. and when to take them in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like going, whether it be buying materials for a certain thing or learning to code for a certain at a certain degree or just things like that. Or mm-hmm. whether it be like asking somebody to do something mm-hmm. can be really hard sometimes because yeah. you don't want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> That's what the and, PM has to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that like, I mean, I remember doing that plenty of times, but I definitely have seen so many other people do do that too in class, mm-hmm. just like on small scales or just because everybody's like, we're all working at the same level mm-hmm. is what we really realized. And we know that we're all trying to build up together mm-hmm. as a team and being able to take risks in just socially and what we're actually doing for the project. Socially, technically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think so I've so definitely cool. applied that like outside of this class too. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. And I've gone Thank over you. my one hour. Um, I know you guys are all very busy. Wow, yeah. it's been an yeah. hour? That's crazy. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you yeah. for being here. To listen to more episodes of the Face World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit faceworld.com. That is F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, where you can find show notes, links, other tools, and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at FaceWorld. Until next time, thanks for listening.